Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz live here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, The Big X. I'm Kelly Patrick, joined in studio this morning by our crew. We have Gary Love, we have Chris Embry, and of course, behind the glass, we have our man, Brandon Bishop. We've got a lot to talk about this morning. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to the sponsor of the Weekend Sports Buzz. We have Louisville Combat Academy. Located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. That would still be considered a new location. They've done a lot of work to it recently, Brandon. Yeah, they're in there working every day. Yeah. So it's looking real good. I I, I, I see the pictures, and they're constantly improving on just every part of it. So, hung, hung some new heavy bags yesterday. Okay. Nice. Once again, Louisville Combat Academy is a martial arts gym, 7908 Beulah Church Road. If you are interested in bettering your life, who's the guy? Mike? What's uh, Mike? 50-year-old guy. Yeah, Mike uh, Graham. Mike Graham trains to not to get into the cage, just to better his life, right? Yep. And if you're interested in bettering your life, I would suggest you go to Louisville Combat Academy. Just to learn a little bit of jujitsu or kickboxing and, and to be capable of defending yourself, but also for the psychological part and the structure it gives to you for your life, um, it just can do work absolute wonders. And then there's the practical application of if you needed to, you're at least a little bit more familiar with throwing a punch or maybe just avoiding being punched if something were to happen and you're not going to receive better instruction for that anywhere really in the state i mean you have guys like brandon bishop um aj jenkins a great coach uh, any of the fergusons on this upcoming card saturday february 1st in shepherdsville which is hr mma 114 louisville combat academy will have four guys fighting they got jacob pierce they got lingo they have Justin Higdon, who I've just heard a lot of great stuff about recently. Yep. I'll admit I was a little bit oblivious to who Justin Higdon is. But now that I, uh, on my Facebook and Instagram stories, I continually am sharing fight uh, pictures. It's a new yep. thing for me, kind of to promote the upcoming card. Yep. I'm having people message me like, oh, yeah, I used to train with him. And my buddy Chad Cunningham's messaged me a lot of good stuff about Justin Higdon. Yeah. So he's been around the game for a long time. Yeah, he's what I would, I think, consider a sleeper at this point. Like, not a lot of people know about Justin. In the current climate, but some right. of the old school people right. around the area do know who he is. Right. But so, I didn't know who he was at all. I was like, right. some guy named Higdon? Yeah. So you know, now from that, Louisville uh, Combat Academy? What's up with that? Yeah, he's teamed up with us, and when he uh, makes his public announcement, it's going to be it's gonna be great. I can't wait. I'm excited. When he makes his public announcement? Yeah, we talk with our fists. Oh, his, oh gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'll be fighting <laughs> Jesse Romans. Okay. Yeah. And Jesse, Jesse's a tough fight for Jesse him. is. What a storyline there. Yeah. Jesse's a great fighter, man. So He uh, really is. He, he came in. At, my story of Jesse is about three and a half years ago. He, he did a little bit of time in jail. Got out. Um, immediately signed up and like got into the cage and fought. Since then, he's lost like over 100 pounds. Yep. 
He's learned a bunch of jujitsu and, and legitimate kickboxing. And, I mean, he had a very nice win over Elijah Walker last time he was out. Yeah. Uh, just outgrappled him. So, I mean, Jesse Romans works really hard and has become a very savvy amateur MMA fighter. So, yeah. shout out to Jesse Romans against Justin Higdon. So, those are the three guys who are fighting from Louisville Combat Academy. The fourth yeah, buddy. would be Josh Taz Ferguson. Who was on the Ultimate Fighter? Yeah. I think in 2012. Okay. Yep. And had some big wins on a national stage. Dana White's a big fan of his. A lot of people at the very top of the, the world of mixed martial arts are big fans of Josh Taz Ferguson. But he's had about a six and a half year hiatus. Yep. And he'll be stepping back into the cage. So, I mean, talk about excitement. This is arguably the best card ever for. Hard Rock Saturday, February 1st in Shepherdsville. Shout out once again to Louisville Combat Academy. Also to my health insurance practice. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions, healthcare solutions. If you need health insurance, if you're listening and you need advice, uh, maybe you're on Medicare, you need help with a a prescription drug coverage or a, a traditional Medicare supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan, I am an independent broker. What that means is I'm appointed with all the carriers, and what I can do is sit down with you, help to educate you a little bit about your options, and then make the the best choice for you based on your situation, and we can get you that coverage set up, whether an individual under the age of 65, or if you're on Medicare, or if you own a business or you're in charge of providing the benefits to your employees. For a business, maybe you don't own it, but uh, you guys need group health insurance. We, we, we're a firm that specializes in group health insurance. Um, we'd be more than happy to help you with that. Please give me a call on my work number, 502-386-0978. Guys, quite a bit, a couple NFL games yesterday, a couple NFL games today. Uh, all three of the local college basketball teams won. Yeah, is Archie Miller all right? That's kind of a uh, an interesting place for me to start, but let's start there. What type of production is Archie Miller having this season for the Hoosiers? Is it appeasing the fan base? Uh, yes, for now. For now, okay. Well, they beat Ohio State. They but, did. But yet, Ohio State hasn't won a game since yeah. they beat Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> they've, they've lost four straight games. But they're doing way better than um, they, are. they did last year with, you know, they had a, uh All-American on the team last year. and uh, Well, they got a player on the team better than he is. Trace Jackson Davis is so much better than Romeo. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Is that, what's his name, son? No. No. Okay. Is he a uh, freshman? Yes. Okay. Five-star freshman. Uh, they've got a decent little team. I mean, they uh, – sometimes I still don't know what Archie's doing as far as, like, he lets the wrong guy shoot or whatever. But Look, Dale Davis played in the NBA for a long time. His son is, in fact, Trace Jackson Davis. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that cool? Huh. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Dale Davis. Uh, for me, the formative years, in large part to me being a basketball fan, were those mid-'90s Indiana Pacers teams. Yeah. And the David, they called them the Davis brothers. Of course, they weren't actually the David. They weren't brothers, but Antonio Davis and Dale Davis yep. were in the post, along with, of course, the dunking Dutchman Rick Smits. Yeah. 
Um, but Dale Davis was a stud. I think he may have went to Clemson, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, but then he went on to a really good NBA career. That's his son, Trace Jackson Davis. So, go on. Tell me how great he is. He's he's a really good player. Um, they thought him and Keon Brooks were best friends growing up. And Keon Brooks, everybody thought he was going to Indiana. Of course, he went to Kentucky. But uh, he changes that team. I mean, he can he can protect the rim. He can score inside out. Um, he's only going to be there one year. So listed at six foot nine, yeah, him, nineteen years old. Him and Josh Smith, it, them together are pretty good. They're a pretty good team. Um, but that was a big win for them yesterday. But everybody thought you know they had the reunion, the Indiana reunion. They had like a hundred players come back, and all the buzz this week was Bob Knight's going to be there. Bob Knight's going to be there. And he ended up going to some kind of junior college game or something. He wasn't there. And and a lot of people saying, why are, why are we wasting our time thinking Bob Knight's coming back to Indiana? Yeah, it's it's never going to happen. But uh, <laughs> but the team – How old is he? He's uh, in 75 at least. Right? I read an article that Archie Miller recently, like his uh, – Bobby Knight still lives close by. Yeah. Stopped by his house, and he regularly does that, which I appreciate. I yeah. like that. He lives in Bloomington, I believe. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he he's right around where Archie – I believe Bobby Knight lives within five minutes of Archie Miller's office. Yeah. So, I mean, good for him. I love when current guys reach out to the former coaches. And, and, and they, they look for insight. or They're just at least involved. I mean, Bobby Knight won three – National titles, yeah. and he did some pretty cool stuff beyond that. I mean, he threw a chair across the the, yeah. the court. Let's not forget about that. He choked somebody, Chris. Yep. Yeah. He choked, choked a few people, right? Yeah, there's rumors of him doing even wilder stuff off camera during practices. He, he smacked Joby Hall in the back of the head. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. We're com- somewhat of a combat sports <laughs> show. Somewhat yeah. of a combat sports show. So Bobby yeah. Knight, in my opinion, three national titles. You kidding me? And he did all that crazy stuff? Yeah. yeah. Take advice from him in my book. <laughs> yeah. and, and one of the players yesterday said he does believe Bob Knight will be back at a game this year. Uh, there's there's rumors going around that he's suffering from dementia. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that's what so I meant. So. I think they're trying to get him back there mm-hmm. uh, relatively quick. But yesterday somebody posted a picture of him at that game yesterday. He, he don't look very good. Yeah. But then again, when you're in your 70s, how good can you look? So uh, after Indiana uh, wins the game yesterday, mm-hmm. that puts them at thirteen and three. Yep. Good chance they're going to be ranked mo- uh, tomorrow, right? I mean, uh, I don't think because I thought they lost in the middle of the week. Oh, did they? Okay, but eleven and three. I don't know what their schedule was, but um, much better than I anticipated. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus expectations oh, for yeah. me, yeah. I was thinking Archie Miller's on the. The hot seat. Yeah, because neither I don't think any of us had them in the tournament preseason. No. So. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're better than what they were last year so far. Well, last year they started off twelve and one. And they fell apart. Okay. They lost. They lost what twelve of their next thirteen games. So, no. I mean, they looked good yesterday. I watched a little bit of the game. So, looking at the box score yesterday, uh, Trace Jackson Davis didn't have the biggest of games: six points, three rebounds, two assists. But I'm so intrigued with this. Um, he is averaging fourteen point six, eight rebounds. Per game for the season. Pretty good for a freshman. I'd say so. What did uh, Rob Fennessy? Fennessy's the guy who I remember last year kind of came out of nowhere. They go as he goes. He should be the starting point guard. Fennessy had seven rebounds, 13 points, one assist. Mm -hmm. Um, But Trace Jackson Davis, 
I'm doing a little bit of reading because I'm so intrigued with this. You know, Jalen Rose's father uh, um, played in the NBA for a long time, didn't actually, wasn't as involved with him in his life, but right. you get those genes. Trace Jackson Davis, similar thing. Yeah. He took the name Davis when he was a young child, but reading his Wikipedia page right here, it says that he's the biological son of Carla Jackson and Dale Davis. However, he was raised by his mother and stepfather, Raymond Jackson. Mm. So his last name was Davis, yep. but entering his freshman year of high school, he decided to hyphenate. He he kept the Davis part, but obviously, I mean, it helps that he's six nine, super athletic. So I mean, that that oh, certainly yeah. helps. Two forty five. Yeah. Two forty five. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So uh, I, if you remember Dale Davis, he was an absolute beast of a player and a big physical guy. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have our man, Brian, the insider, is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Brian? I'm doing great, guys. Good talking to you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, like the discussion you got going. Yeah, that was a big win for Indiana yesterday. But, but let's talk about the collapse of the Ohio State Buckeyes. My goodness. Yep. I mean, this team, I, and, and, and I've got to point to myself, I was on this, this program a month ago, probably, and said, I thought it was the best team in the country. I mean, they were steamrolling everybody. Uh, they they had the secret scrimmage with Louisville when Louisville was playing very, very good basketball, and they crushed them in the secret scrimmage. And, I mean, and, you know, if you remember, guys, they did this last year, too. Uh, they they got out in front and had a nice year going, and then just – but they're one in four in the Big Ten. One wow. in four in the Big Ten now. Big win for Indiana. Uh, you know, this is what Archie's third, fourth year there. So, I mean, I don't, wouldn't get too excited. I mean, Indiana used to be and supposed to be a top program. So, uh, this is what Archie's—he's supposed to win at Indiana. Uh, the Bob Knight stuff—I don't know if that's going to happen. I—I I really would rather not hear any more about Bob Knight. I think the grudge that he held against Indiana. And those people that, that, that dismissed him after he flipped out was inexcusable and sends a bad message to everyone. So I don't give a rat's ass if Bobby Knight comes back to Indiana. There's no sentimental feeling for me. Uh, you know. And when I grew up in western Ohio, I, I grew up about 20 miles from the Indiana border and during the heyday. And I love those Indiana teams. And I like Bobby Knight fine. I like his players. I like Quinn Buckner, uh, Benson, all those guys, Scott May. But uh, I don't have any sentimental feelings for him at all. Hey, guys, I tell you what I do have. So, nice Kentucky win. Uh, Alabama came in, kind of a dangerous Alabama team. Kentucky didn't play as great as they probably could have. My wife was, mm, she was fairly happy with the game, but she said she thought she wasn't, she wasn't tickled with it. But I got to tell you something. I want to contrast something. And then I watched the Louisville game, go to Notre Dame. And, and, and man, I tell you what, I don't. I hate being piling on Chris Mack, especially with this controversy that Sullivan tweeted out and the boosters. You know, I, I don't want to be but, – but, man, I don't understand what he doesn't get. Uh, Ryan, uh, Kelly, your, your guy, uh, uh, Myers uh, – uh, Rashawn. Uh, Rashawn. He tweeted out a great tweet yesterday talking about uh, – uh, and I like his tweet, uh, you know, about Ryan McMahon's minutes. But I'm going to tell you something here. Kentucky and Louisville both have two good big men, E.J. Montgomery and Nick Richards for Kentucky and Malik Williams and Ennick 
for, for Louisville. Kentucky always has good big men. Louisville, very rarely. I can't remember the last time they had two, in my opinion, good big men, and they got them. So let me tell you the minutes. And Now, nobody was in foul trouble at all yesterday at the Notre Dame game. Uh, nobody got close to foul trouble. Anik plays, and I think you guys would agree, Anik's a pretty good college center. I mean, he's a fifth-year guy. He's big. He looks the part, the whole deal. You can, maybe he's soft. I don't know. I wish you'd quit doing these fadeaway left-handed shots and just go dunk it, but uh, hook shots. But Enick played 16 minutes yesterday. 16 minutes, and, and Williams plays 24. Well, you add that up, that's 40. So what Mac does, he takes one in, puts them in. He, they have not played together at all that I can remember, and they certainly didn't at all yesterday. So. And it gets 16 minutes. Williams gets 24. Let's contrast that with how Cal coached his two big guys. Richards gets 32 uh, minutes and had a heck of a nice game, 13 and 11. And EJ played 25 minutes. Well, apparently they were playing together, and anybody who watches Kentucky sees that they play together. It, uh, size matters in basketball, guys. If you've ever played basketball, if the guy you're guarding is bigger than you, uh, you know, it, it makes it more difficult. And so let me go down the minutes here. So Sutton, he hit two big threes at the end, which is the only reason Louisville won the game yesterday. He doesn't hit those two three unlikely threes. They don't win. But Sutton gets 33 minutes, too many minutes in my opinion. But the guy that really bothers me here, Ryan McMahon. Now, he did have a good game. He scored 17. He, had, he, he scored yesterday. I wouldn't say he had a good game. He played 27 minutes. <laughs> David Johnson plays 13 minutes. And our one-and-done McDonald All-American that, you know, everyone was just so scared going into the year, you know, even before he played, man, we're going to lose this guy after this year. And he plays Sam Williamson, plays 10 minutes. So, I mean, you add Johnson and Williams, the two highly rated recruits that they get, they don't equal one for McMahon. You tell me another program, top-tier program in the country, that plays Ryan McMahon 27 minutes, and I'll buy you all steak dinners tonight because there's not many of them. And I don't know if 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 McMahon if, if Coach Mack has adopted McMahon or is there some I don't know what the deal is. But I mean, it was so obvious what their strategy was. Notre Dame they would just go down and post him up and shoot over him. I mean, they were. I mean, I don't know. It's very frustrating during the game. You're seeing these tweets and social media posts. I mean. Mac doesn't I, – I, he says he's not listening, and I believe him because a lot of – Luke Hancock, pretty, pretty mild-mannered Luke Hancock, you know, he's tweeting out for like a minute both Williamson and Dennis Johnson uh, – David Johnson are on the floor together, he, and, and they had a, another, the lineup. He's, he's tweeting out, hey, let's go with this lineup. Mac won't do it, guys. My fear – being a Louisville fan, you know, after this, this experiment that's going to fail miserably, I just hope we don't lose anybody who transfers. Because if I'm Sam Williamson sitting on the bench getting 10 minutes while I see Ryan McMahon, you know, uh, a two-star if that, you know, getting abused in, in the ACC, uh, getting 27 minutes, I'm saying, man, I may go, want to need to go to another program. And I hope that doesn't happen, but I guarantee what is going to happen. Any top-level freshman – five-star or high four-star that Louisville is going to go after, they're not dumb. They're going to look at these minutes, and they're going to say, guys, now I can go over to this program and get to play 
And, you know, I don't have to wait till the guys, I, I won't be playing behind a 23 year old fifth year guy that's no good, but paid his dues. So I tell you what, not, not, not good on Mac's part at all. He's not, and he's not ha- making the Louisville fans very happy with his rotation at all. But it was a it was a good win. They lose that game yesterday, guys, and it could spiral into a a real bad year for the Cards, in my opinion. They're on the brink. They got to turn it around. Even the announcers uh, said that David Johnson should be. He's the best point guard. He's got the best upside. He needs to play more. And I thought he played well. Hey, what about the football games last night, guys? Uh, Lamar. I think Lamar was the only, it wasn't Lamar's best game, but I believe he might have been the only Baltimore Raven that even showed up to the game. You got to give Lamar credit for trying. I mean, he was 31 for 59. I've never heard him throw 59 times for 365 yards, and he ran for 143. So, I mean, but no one else showed up at all. They didn't tackle. But last week on this program, guys, I talked about Derrick Henry being the difference maker, and he sure was. Uh, that was a real uh, – Baltimore was a pretty big points favorite in that game, and I had a feeling exactly – Tennessee's a hot team, guys. They may win it all. They play defense, and they have got an absolute locomotive running back. And, and it looked to me like the Baltimore Ravens were afraid to tackle Derrick Henry. I mean, they got the hell out of his way when he come downhill at them and uh, – uh, I tell you what, very impressive, 195 yards. Yeah, so that's all I got, guys. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'll hang up and listen. Great stuff, as always, from our man Brian, the insider. Yeah, before before I forget, him talking about Ryan McMahon playing, if Mike Bray called a timeout and they hit a game-winning shot, People are talking about that horrendous turnover Ryan McMahon had. At oh, yeah. McMahon's – he I had mean, a big that game. Was, that was like the worst pass mm-hmm. I've seen. And he, he almost cost him the game. I understand why you have him in the end of the game because he shoots 90-something percent from the free, free throw line. Yeah. So, it's but, the very end. Yeah, yeah. But I'd see, you know, maybe playing him spot minutes. Yeah, but he about, he about cost him the game at the end. He, he had a good statistical game. Yeah. But as Brian said, let's see, he had – 17 points, 6 of 10 from the field. Mm-hmm. Okay. But as Brian said, you can watch it and be like, yeah, that guy's not good at defense. Yeah, they, that's how they made their comeback. Whoever he was guarding was taking him to the basket, posting him up and everything. That's every team that Louisville plays. It seems like yeah. they're putting all their you know defense on him. And yeah. it's – I don't know. David Johnson's a lot better <clears throat> than I anticipated, and I, I don't understand the minutes either. Yeah, I, I can understand. Like, the commentator was saying about Enoch yesterday, saying that uh, Malik Williams was having more success than Enoch was, so that's why he left him in a little bit long. I mean, what was it? He was one out of eight from the field. Mm-hmm. So he had two points, uh, five rebounds. Three so, turnovers. Three turnovers. So, so Enoch didn't have the best of games. No, uh-uh. But, I mean, if he's that good, I would argue he was maybe the most efficient best player on the team year you know over the course of each game in my opinion yeah 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 because he gives you some some a presence inside he shoots 50 percent from the field yep he averages about 11.7 rebounds a game i think enoch's maybe as good as any i i like him better overall than wara in my opinion um but (laughs) it's funny with basketball with these local teams you go through phases remember we're in a honeymoon phase with Chris Mack. And then what was it? When did I say that? Was it last week, Gary? I said, ah, honeymoon phase is over. Yeah, when they lost Florida State. I said, yeah. ah, 
There we go. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not saying that, that Chris Mack is on the hot seat or anything wild like that. Yeah. But what I am saying is this is a different brand of basketball than Louisville fans are accustomed to. Rick Bettino was a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. Say what you will about him. He was a Hall of Fame coach. He would he would do different types of defensive schemes. And as the game wore on, the other team was normally pretty pretty tired. Yeah. I mean, Rick Bettino was a Hall of Fame coach. His defense was always at a very high level, okay? I just don't see this Louisville team as, as having that. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, it's just a different brand. It's like taking a new guy and being like, bring in all your assistants, let's see what you can do. Okay, well, that may work sometimes, but you better have some really good players. Yeah. Rick, Rick could have a team of, of not the best players, and they would at least be in games because they're playing defense at such a high level. And Rick's going nuts over on the sideline. Looks like he's going to have a heart attack because he's screaming so hard. Uh, while his team plays really good defense, that just isn't this, the the brand of this team. Right. No, and the offense is not as flashy either. I mean, you, you don't have a lot that the fans can grasp onto nope. to be positive about right now. And to be fair, Calipari, also, his team brings it on defense every game. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. And so we don't realize that. I think we kind of take it for granted around here. Yeah. Is They're going to be in games in large part because the defensive – uh, coaching for Rick and Cal is both so high. I just don't. I'm just saying. I, I hate to sound like a negative Nancy I'll or be, a Nancy at all, right, Brandon? I hate to sound <laughs> like that, right? Not, be, I mean, not to sound negative against Nancys themselves. No, no, I hate to sound like that. But I do think locally here we 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 take it for granted, and that applies to Cal also. Hall yeah. of Fame coach coaches up his team to play amazing defense. I just don't think Chris Mack's that guy. You know, I, I about fell out of my chair laughing yesterday during that Louisville game. Okay. Chris Mack is 34-17 and 17 at Louisville, right? Corey Alexander, y'all remember him, used to play for Virginia. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, he was doing, he was doing the color yesterday, so they was like, uh, they said, yeah, Chris Mack's, what, 50 years old? And uh, this, was, this was his questioning. Chris Mack's, what, 50? And the guy was like, yeah. He said, you think he stays around long enough to uh, break Denny Crumb's record at Louisville? <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> Who said that, Corey Alexander? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Denny Crumb's like one of the best coaches. And, yeah. and you're asking if he's going to win 675 games at Louisville. He's 50 years old. Chris Mack, in my opinion, I, I, I don't mean to be so negative, but he needs to worry about keeping his job over the next few years, let alone how many years would it take to stick around and break Denny's record? Well, it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, 20? Still got, he's still got 30. Oh, yeah. 30 years? So, uh, I, mean, I don't know uh, if it's 30 because they play a okay. lot more games yeah. now, but yeah, at least 20, 25, okay. and it's winning 30 games a year. <laughs> so so let's pump the brakes on that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Realistically, I, I mean, Archie Miller's on a little bit of a short leash mm-hmm. at IU. Who has a, a, a higher ceiling or a higher expectation as a fan base, the Hoosiers or Louisville? Louisville. Be- I think so too. Because yeah. because Indiana's kind of settled for medi- medi- mediocrity. Okay. I mean they're they're pumped up about this win over Ohio State. Twenty years ago, you would lose your mind if you was if Ohio State was even close to where you were. Oh, and ba- yeah, yeah, certainly. So yeah, Indiana has kind of lowered their expectations for their coaches. It's amazing to say this the day after a win. Yeah. But I'm just being honest. Chris Mack's not looking as great as a lot of Louisville fans. We're hoping or, or thinking, or even anybody locally. We everybody was real high on Chris Mack. Yeah. The, the problem is, is what he has not done with this Super Six group of freshmen, right? Yeah. How do you now? I understand a couple guys not panning out, 
But it looks like they don't have anybody that's really contributing to this team from the freshman group, really. I mm-hmm. mean, every once in a while you'll have Samuel Williamson come in and do a few things. Now, but- now next year, <clears throat> you know, McMahon will be gone, thank God. They're losing a lot of players okay. this year. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So then we'll see the Super Six maybe play a little bit more. They'll have a year in the system. So I'm not saying that Chris Mack deserves to be fired. I'm really not. No. Um, I'm just saying it's not looking as great right now as it it, it did a couple months ago. How bad is a Nigihan? I mean, he, he apparently can't, he pretty can't bad. even get on the floor. Yeah, apparently not very good. You sure it wasn't named Super Sucks? I mean, because uh, these <laughs> guys playing. are not um, anywhere close to – now. Is David this the, Johnson's pretty good. Right. Now, Louisville fans probably fed into this uh, by calling them Super Six and, and putting more pressure on this team than they probably needed because nobody had seen these guys play. But, yeah, I mean – Aiden Gayon, it looks like uh, you know this Greek goddess, and he can't even get a minute. Yeah. Uh, of course, looks don't mean anything when it comes to. And maybe just a year in the system, and then, and then maybe they will that super six or whatever yeah. group will come to fruition next year because they're losing a lot of guys. But if they get all those guys to stay around, Brian just said they got to worry about some of these guys transferring. I agree. I mean, I'll use a Rick Pitino term. In today's day and age of this microwave society, um, you look for instant gratification. You do. That's just what it is. Or people are going to be transferring out. So if they can keep these guys together, maybe next year it'll be a good. They'll be in a good spot. Yeah. See, I'm not as hard on the freshmen. I'm, I, I think I don't. You can't say that they underachieve because they don't get to play. Mm-hmm. But the pack line defense. That's why Tony Bennett doesn't play freshmen because it's supposed to be one of the most complex defenses you can play. Mm-hmm. And like Rubitino didn't play freshman, he wasn't defensively. Big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, like you said, another year in a system where they know where they're supposed to be on the court. And this and that. They, I hope that's the case. I'm just yeah. saying, right now his defensive coaching doesn't appear to be anywhere close to no. where Cal's is no. or Rick's was. No, I, and and that's really important. Yeah, more I, important I, than offense. I'm maybe. with Brian though. I don't know why he won't play Williams and Enoch together because Montgomery. And Malik Williams are about the same type player. They like to shoot 15 to 18-foot jumpers. Sure. Malik Williams is not going to overpower anybody inside. Yesterday, Nick Richards and uh, E.J. Montgomery had 21 points, 17 rebounds, and six blocks combined. Yeah. They, and would, they, would, would Louisville's guys have eight points, nine rebounds? Yeah, but they didn't play as many minutes, I guess. Who knows? There's one thing that Brian mentioned. I don't know if you know about this, Gary. Uh, I didn't understand what he was talking about. Uh, there was a tweet after the game and, and something about boosters he had brought up. Do you know anything oh, yeah, about that? that? Was, uh, after the Florida State – well, during the Florida State game, uh, he, said he, got a, he said he got a text from a prominent guy that said Kenny Payne – well, they, they was frustrated with Chris Mack, how they were losing these big games. But he said Kenny Payne – pretty much saying he wasn't respected as far as like they didn't get, really give him serious consideration – for the job, and they was kind of upset about that. And everybody thought it was Jerry Eve. Jerry Eve said, no, it's not me. But Tim Sullivan said, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you who my source is and and this and that. But I don't know. I don't mean, I don't know where it came from, why it came out. But I kind of agree. I mean, Kenny Payne's not ready for no Louisville job. No. You know, you got to go out and earn your. Yeah. Historically, uh, Cal assistants, and I, this isn't a shot at him. Right. They're 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 really good at what they do, mm-hmm. aerobic 
Antigua, uh, Payne, mm-hmm. um, right? They're really good at their jobs at, at working on that team Cal. They're not as good. And even if it was somebody like, a, a say, like a Rick Tree guy, mm-hmm. they don't walk right out and get their first head coaching job. <laughs> At a big-time program. In a right. huge program, yeah. even alum or not. I mean, that doesn't matter. Yeah. So, I mean, nobody, or Duke, or anything, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you don't just walk out. You're like, you're a real good assistant. Well, let's try out this head coaching thing at one of the biggest programs in the country. That's just not how no. it works, nor should it. Mm-mm. So, uh, you know, Louisville's going to have to make – the tournament this year obviously they're they're in line to do that right now but if for some reason they fall apart at the end don't make the tournament what does this do for him going forward i mean it just there's not much to build on past this year due to yeah the recruiting and and things like that Um, there may be though when we don't have mcmahon playing who sucks yeah, he had 16 points yesterday, but I'll say it. He's not – I mean, he's way better than me. He'd post me up and dunk on me. I'm not saying that he sucks. Like, he's not good at basketball, obviously. I'm saying for the ACC conference play or top 25 type competition in Division One, McMahon is not worthy, in my opinion, of getting those minutes. He's just not. Right. Uh, um, so, I do think once we move past – we being the Louisville team moves past – that I hate to just pin it all on McMahon, but get some of these guys in. You said the defense is very complex, Gary. Maybe they'll they'll be better. Really, once they move past a lot of this, uh, the trouble, the dark cloud, which we haven't even discussed, <laughs> the train wreck that was Louisville. So, so versus expectations mm-hmm. with the entire what was the guy's name? Uh, the player who got paid and then left Bowen. Bowen. Okay. All right, so we have that dark cloud hanging over the Louisville basketball program. How long ago was that? Three, three years ago. Okay, three years ago. So really versus expectations there, Louisville team's doing great, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, I, I'm not saying, you know, I, I know it's a process, and but versus that, it's not doing that bad. No. So if they can build on this next year, maybe make the tournament would be big. If they miss the tournament, that's not good. But I don't think it's the end of the world. I think they'll stick with Mac. He'll get another chance. He better prove... He better prove next year that his team plays defense like Rick or Cal's teams. Yeah. I'm just saying. Right. That's the standard set around here. Yeah. That's the standard. Yeah. If, if you're going to say it's that complex and you're not getting uh, the same type of defense, I mean, why do you need it that complex? You need to simplify it so you can play these younger I guys. I guess maybe that's just not his thing. Yeah. I, mean, I, think, I think Louisville's good. I think their, their preseason rankings were kind of inflated a little bit. But they're going to benefit this year from a historically bad ACC. I well, mean, I ACC think it's historically bad terrible. college basketball year, yeah, actually. It is. Big Ten's down. I mean, yep. the SEC's down. SEC's down. I mean, all these big-time conferences are struggling this year. What, the best two teams in ACC are what, Duke and Florida State? Yeah, and North Carolina, you know. Eight and eight right now. Um, yeah, For him to say that they are – they Roy uh, Williams. Roy Williams uh, saying they barely have enough talent to to field a team. Uh, that's a shot at himself. Yeah, and I mean that's not giving much confidence to your team by saying that to, about them, right? I wouldn't enjoy hearing that if I was on the team. <laughs> Say I was a starting point guard, I wouldn't enjoy hear, reading that. Waking yeah. up and someone tweeting at me, "Did you hear what your <laughs> Did you hear what your coach just said? This is the worst team he's ever coached." Yeah, then he talent wise. Then he had, what, they was up three with six seconds to go? Well, Clemson's a traditional basketball powerhouse. <laughs> First win ever at uh, Chapel Hill. 
to tie two things together. Earlier we discussed Dale Davis, and I do think he played at Clemson. I'm going to double-check now. I'm a, a, a nerd with that type of stuff. Uh, who is the face of college basketball this year as well? I mean, it's not – you know, of course, all year last year was Zion Williamson. Uh, you don't have – Well, I, it was Cole Anthony. But then he got hurt. He was averaging like 27, 28 a game. Then he got hurt. Now it's quietly – quietly it's becoming Vernon Carey for Duke. And then the guy Edwards for Georgia, I believe. Yeah, but they're – He's not on the – yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, they got thumped yesterday, so. Dale Davis – is 50 years old, 6'11", was drafted 13th overall in the 1991 NBA draft by the Indiana Pacers out of Clemson University. So to tie two topics together today. You know who I think about when I think of Clemson? Horace Grant? Horace Grant. Okay, yeah. yeah. Elton I Campbell. I think those are the three guys I can name who played there. Horace Grant, uh, Elton Campbell, Dale Davis. Uh, all big guys. All had good careers. Yep. But Wasn't there? Horace a, Grant. Didn't Horace Grant have a brother? Harvey. Harvey, Harvey Grant. Yeah. Right. He played there too, I think. Let's. Uh, I could have swore one of those guys played for Wake Forest. Maybe I'm one of one of the brothers. Yeah, may, well, that's uh, been so long ago. That's over twenty years ago. I'm not sure on that, but they rarely split up though. Twins. Well, Harvey Grant here did play for Clemson. Uh-huh. Then he transferred to a community college. Then finished it up with Oklahoma. Drafted 12th overall in the 88 NBA draft. Harvey had a pretty good career for himself. Played from 88 through 99. Orlando? Um, you know, Horace played for Orlando. Orlando, yeah. Horace, Horace did. Went from uh, the Bulls uh, to Orlando, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, Harvey played for the Bullets, the Trailblazers, then back to the Bullets slash Wizards, and then played one year with the Sixers in 99. That may have been a Larry, that may have been a Larry Brown, John, Larry Brown coach team with John Calipari on the sideline. What year was that? 88. I said 99. Let's see. No, oh, 99. He was at UMass. Yeah. Okay. Um, How far off was I at there? Let's see. He was a while. Was I? What, what year? You think 03? Who? John Calipari sat on the bench as an assistant to Larry Brown for one year, I think. Because he got, he got the job at UMass, I think, in 95, 94, 95. Look, 99, 2000, he was an assistant for the Sixers. Wow. Yeah, because he got fired from uh, the Nets. Yep, he got fired from the Nets. He had some <laughs> golly. See, I, this... thought you, I thought you were talking about college. No, no, okay. no, no, no. Philly? Yeah, yeah. yeah so 99-2000, John Calipari had just gotten fired and run out of New Jersey. He oh, had yeah. some very um, racially insensitive comments. And I'm not saying that they were bad. Probably blown a little bit out of proportion. He got in a lot of trouble. Ran out of New Jersey. Head coach of the Nets, right? Yep. They forced him to take Kerry Kittles. Okay, yep. And, and they he said it was a downfall. Of- but then his buddy Larry Brown, who's like a godfather in all of this. Yeah. I mean, let's admit, Rick Pitino, everybody's a little sleazy. But Larry Brown certainly is. Um, Rick Pitino is. I'm not saying that, you know what I mean? Denny Crum. Basketball is a little sleazy industry, college basketball. Okay, but Larry Brown was the, was the head coach of the Sixers. He said, Cal, you're my buddy. Come sit on the bench with me for, for for a season for one season. It says ninety nine to two thousand. So then he, goes he, to Memphis then he got the job at Memphis. Yep. So shout out to uh, Larry Brown for giving I one of it. his uh, yeah helping out his buddy yeah. Calipari. Sometimes yep. that's what it takes. Is Rick Pitino in that spot right now? What's Rick doing? He's overseas, isn't he? Is he too old to even be in this game? I I don't think so. But 
Larry Brown doesn't think so. Right. <laughs> I don't think any big school is going to give him a opportunity, though, because uh, until they get real desperate, I think and Larry, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's one of the greatest coaches ever." I think Larry Brown started to get blackballed from college basketball. <laughs> okay. Well, he what? they got in trouble at Kansas when he was at Kansas. That was a while ago. Then he went to SMU. Got in Five trouble there. Ago, got in trouble there. Uh, somebody <laughs> was doing homework for one of his players. That wasn't that long ago. And then no. And then Memphis Penny Hardaway tried to bring him on as assistant coach, and Memphis said no, thank you. <laughs> when Penny got the job, he wanted to bring Larry Brown on. Every you know, every him. great college basketball coach, maybe barring Fog Allen or Rupp or, or uh, uh, Wooden, I don't know about back then. But in modern era, they're all involved in some sleaziness. Well, you got to think when Roy Williams left Kansas, Kansas got in trouble also. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, a, Roy Williams is a Southern gentleman and all that, but he's no saint either. No. He's just not. Uh, neither is Coach K. No, I mean, Corey Maggette getting all that jewelry, Lance Thomas getting a $100,000 loan or something like that. Yeah. So, and yeah, I'm not taking shots at them. If I was a college yeah. basketball coach, people would be saying I was a little sleazy too, and I would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing <control>. happens. <laughs> I, I think it's funny that these coaches are allowed to stick around after it's been proven that they've paid players. That's to. just the nature of what it is. I mean, well, they you, accept it, right? And I mean, you got to yeah. see, James Wiseman lost his whole. I mean, he he was supposed to be back today. Would have been his first day back. Yep. And uh, he went ahead and went pro because he took eleven thousand five. His mom took eleven thousand five hundred dollars to relocate to Memphis. So he, she watched him play high school ball, and no, nothing has been said about Penny giving. Give them players money. There was stuff that maybe happened with Anthony Davis and yep. other players. Yep. I mean, it's not just that. Who's the guy for um, – I mean, there's the list goes on and on. I'm just saying it's not unique to any coach. It's not like, oh, Cal's a cheater. He's the only cheater. Tubby Smith. Tubby Smith, okay. Finding a fax. <laughs> a fax Randolph gar- Morris. I mean, how long has it been – I mean, how often does a coach's uh, garbage not being changed? And he just having to find a fax letter he threw in the garbage like five days later? <laughs> I look through the garbage sometimes. What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, was he the first player to ever not get drafted, then play college the next year? The Louisville Combat Academy bus line is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. Get in on the action. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to head to the bus line now. We have our man Marcus is on the line with us. How are you, Marcus? Well, I'm I'm pretty good, I guess. I just thought uh, I'd better go ahead and call this morning since I forgot to last week. And since I'm always bragging about the Patriots, I didn't want you guys to think that I was afraid to call them and take my lumps. But I was inspired to call this morning as soon as you said uh, Fog Allen, yada, yada, Adolph Ruff, and uh, John Wooden. I mean, maybe those guys weren't corrupt. I don't know about Fog Allen and Adolph Ruff, but John Wooden was extremely okay. corrupt. Yes, yeah, okay. I'm shocked that you guys don't know Good that. Good kid. I know that, that there's all sorts of uh, documentation of that. I'm just saying that's a different era, and it was done in a different way. There was no real parody back then. But guy, I believe it, Marcus, 100% They had that guy, Sam. Sam, uh, I can't remember his last name, was paying all them players. Gilbert or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you, you can't win in college basketball without cheating and paying the player. So, you're all, you guys are right. Let's not pretend, you know, eventually they're all going to get caught. But who really cares? Exactly. That's what it is. I mean, it's the nature of it. If you accept a job in college basketball, you better be willing to play dirty or you're not going to be any good, right? That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look at the, look at schools like, you know, Michigan and things like that. If you told Michigan, hey, we're going to bring in some recruits, Jawan Howard's going to win the national championship, 
Uh, and then three years later, the NCAA is going to throw one of their little sissy fits and be like, oh, we're going to have to avoid that. What do you think Michigan fans would say? The, bring it if on. it's a secret ballot, they're all going to say, I'll take that deal. Yeah. Anything else on your mind this morning, Marcus? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Well, I don't know who's going to win it. I have my desperate fears that the uh, sexually questionable, mustachioed, weirdo Aaron Rodgers might get there again. You know, and frankly, I I can't stand Green Bay. I can't stand him. They all make me sick. I don't particularly care for the 49ers. I just want to vomit all over my own shoes. I feel better about the Patriots losing to the Titans, though, after they, you know, bent the uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens over and did unspeakable things to them last night. So, you know. The, the Tennessee... Maybe Tennessee will win the Super Bowl, but maybe Kansas City will win it, and I would be okay with that. We'd hate for you to ruin a perfectly good pair of shoes. There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we got. I'm with you. Tennessee's tough. Kansas City. You know, there's some there's some tough teams left. Um, what do you think of Archie Miller? All right. Well, I don't know that I've asked you. What do you think of Archie Miller? He took some advice recently from Bobby Knight. What are your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm sorry. What did you say about Bobby Knight? I couldn't hear you. Archie Miller went over to Bobby Knight's house about a, a week ago and took some advice from him. Do you think that's a good idea? Oh, I, I hope that uh, Bobby Knight sat down and diagrammed some offensive and defensive plays for him because otherwise you cannot explain Indiana beating Ohio State. Archie Miller can't coach. He's a loser. He looks like a little kid who's 12 years old and his hair already fell out. He has no personality. He's a punk, right? And then all of a sudden, his scrap team made up a bunch of uh, you know high school losers and twerps Bumps Ohio State? I don't think so. Maybe he should put Bob Knight on the bench like Larry Brown did John Calipari. And whenever there's a question of what to do, little Archie can lean over and say, Bob, tell me what to do. <laughs> okay, I had a feeling you would, you would have a, an opinion on that. Thank you very much. Marcus, <laughs> thank you very much for your call. Before we let you go, anything else you want to chime in on? Well, I would, I would pose this question to you guys, and you can address it if you want to, but you don't have to. I want to know if anybody on that set would bet their home, their house, against the Patriots winning the Super Bowl in the next three years. Hmm. Wow. No, I would avoid placing that bet. Yeah. I don't want to lose my house. I think Dynasty may be over. Okay. You think so? You would you take the bet. You would take the bet, Chris. That 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 they won't win it, Marcus. You you are still confident. Not only Brady is coming back, but they will win uh, a Super Bowl over the next three years, right? Yeah. I, well, I mean, Tom might retire. They might be dumb enough to let him go somewhere else. But uh, I, I, you know, not win another Super Bowl in the next three years. Uh, they've got the best film technicians in, in the game, so I, they they could win another one. Who knows, man? I'm teasing, but uh, you never can, uh, you know, look past the fact that they somehow pull it out uh, with a bunch of ragtag guys. It seems like.
Hey, Marcus, what do you think about a Dallas Cowboys hire? Well, you know, I like Dak Prescott, and, and, and I like Pete Kelly, even though I'm not a, a Cowboys fan. <clears throat> and I just wonder what it would be like for Mike McCarthy to have a straight quarterback, uh, a good running game, and a team that will listen to him as opposed to Aaron Rodgers, who's a little punk bitch and always wants to do his own thing and wants to throw the coach under the bus. Okay. So I, I think that'll be a nice opportunity for Mike McCarthy to show what he can do, and, and then we'll find out whether or not McCarthy's actually a good coach, which I think he might be, or he was just carried along by Aaron Rodgers scrambling around like a prima donna ballerina and then throwing the ball as far as he can and praying to whatever weirdo god he worships that somebody catches it in a green uniform and that his gods must like him a lot because he sure did get lucky on a lot of deep balls. Okay. Well, Marcus, as always, we appreciate your call. Thank you very much. We look forward to hearing from you next week. Have a great rest of your weekend, Marcus. Thank you. Same to you. Good stuff from Marcus. He's bringing the heat. I had a feeling he'd he'd have an opinion on Archie Miller. What did, what did he describe him as again? A twelve year old. A twelve year old who'd already lost all his hair and sweats profusely. <laughs> sweats profusely. <laughs> Him and Sean Miller are the biggest sweaters I think I've ever seen. They are. Oh, Marcus is on top of that. Yeah. Um, I like the reference to the Calipari on the bench with Larry Brown type deal. I like yeah. that. Marcus listens, man. Say what mm-hmm. you will about him, but yeah, you know he he follows he mm-hmm. follows the world of sports and he has for a long time. I love the perspective, Marcus brings with his calls we appreciate everyone tuning in to the weekend sports buzz once again we are brought to you by louisville combat academy located at 7908 beulah church road louisville kentucky 40228 we're going to head to a break be sure to stay tuned brandon bishop gary love chris Embry, and myself we will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz live here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, The Big X. I'm Kelly Patrick, joined in studio by Gary Love. We got Chris Embry behind the glass. We have our man Brandon Bishop. Also want to give a shout out to our man Matt McCarthy, who for without his help, we would not be on the air. Also, of course, Dugan Ryan and everyone here at the station, Doug Wolverton, uh, everyone here at Ryan Media. I absolutely love coming in here every Sunday morning, doing a recap of everything in the world of sports every week from 9 to 11. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. Entire second hour ahead of us. We're going to head to the buzz line now 
We have our man Carolina Steve is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Carolina? Just fine. Just on pins and needles waiting for tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. What, what do you expect from tomorrow night, Carolina? What, what, what's your prediction? I predict that Clemson's going to win by two touchdowns. People don't think so, but I look at the experience factor. Okay. That certainly matters. Well, we have more people that's been in the uh, uh, championship game. Uh, play, yeah, championship game and playoffs. LSU is currently favored by five and a half points. Uh, Ed Orgeron, everybody knows I love him because of his interviews. But that would be exciting if, if he, he uh, um, were to win for, for the sake of uh, uh, exciting and, and, and uh, bulletin board material for a casual sports fan. But you cannot count out Dabo Swinney, in my opinion. I agree with you, Carolina. Well, the thing about it is he is using the Rocky Balboa analysis, and uh, I think he's got players ready to play. I think that uh, our defensive coordinator, Brent Venables, will find a way to uh, stop the LSU attack, as he did last year with uh, Alabama. So it's going to be good. And I just I didn't realize Dabo said, 80 players out of 120 are either freshmen or sophomores on this team. Wow. So the whole uh, future is ahead of us, plus we signed the number one recruiting class. Okay. So it's going to be good. Now, yesterday there was a monumental game in basketball. You must be talking about the uh, North Carolina Clemson game, there, right? That's my guess. That is correct because <laughs> the fact that Clemson never had one at Chapel Hill since nineteen twenty-six. What do you think about Roy Williams? Um, you know, basically saying that he don't have enough good players after all those years of having all those All Americans, and now he's wanting some sympathy. Well, he is. A- He's probably the only Carolina coach that I didn't like Nate Smith or like Roy because Roy is a native North Carolinian. And as a matter of fact, I don't know if you ever heard of it. They call him the Andy Griffin of college basketball. I can see that. He talks very similar to Andy Griffith. And so it's, it's just like I hate to say him have to go through this, but evidently the uh, – the players they were counting on and everything, well, uh, his good freshman is out, and they have people hurt. So, and this new one and done stuff has really hurt the uh, Tar Heel program. Okay. Can you imagine what they would have been like if uh, Michael Jordan had left after his first year, James Worthy after his first year? It's sort of like that's pretty much what's going on at Kentucky. I mean, you could say the same thing about Anthony Davis and and a bunch of other players there. Um, You know, you got to play the game the way it's uh, structured in this era, and uh, it's it's legal to do it. So you know, 
we don't we only have a couple more years left of this and then uh we'll see what it looks like after they're uh, you know they let them go straight back to the nba uh out of high school but uh it's definitely a big win for clemson um i know uh roy williams uh looked like he was he said he thought he should be fired for that loss it's uh that's a little strong there but you know I don't. It's definitely looking like they're not going to make any type of tournament at the end of this year. I think what are they eight and eight right now? Or I'm sorry, something like that. Yeah. What else you have well, for us? Well, I was reading that Tyson Fury may be teaming up with Braun Strowman at <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> really? Yeah. He uh, when they were in the. Uh, England for a while they actually got together in the ring and uh, they said they'd like to team with one another and just following social media with what all they got uh, they got some, I tell you what I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, the WWE's the rest of the year pretty much uh, they've got people like John Morrison coming back, the Usos and it's, so it's going to be, the storylines are going to be hot and heavy. Uh, if you notice, this past week, the Big Show made a return. Oh, did he? The Big Show. Man, that's the giant, right? How how healthy, yep, is, he, uh, is he a healthy guy, Carolina? You think he has a bunch of health issues? Not, not that many, you know, as far as, uh, he has had some uh, back problems and everything, but he's a, uh, He's back up there. He's he's teaming with Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens, and they're taking on uh, Seth Rollins and the AOP. Do you think the Big Show is as physically large as Andre the Giant was? No. Okay. He doesn't weigh but 368 pounds now. Okay. Is that it? That's nothing. <laughs> Andre the Giant was over 500 pounds. Okay. He also suffered from uh, that disease, that uh, giantism or something like that, and he was just, uh, the, the things that he could do. Did you ever read some of the things, like when he sat down and ate, he'd drink two cases of beer at a, shot, at a time. There was a, a documentary I recently watched about Andre the Giant. Jake the Snake was a big part of it. And, yeah, I, I've, I've heard a lot of wild stories about Andre the Giant, which are interesting. People love that stuff. He was a, 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 a very memorable character. He was. And, I, you know, it's just something I, I realize is sports entertainment, and I, I just like to watch it. I've been watching it since I was about five or six years old wrestling and seeing some of them. I remember the first one I saw that everybody said was more was a guy named Haystack Calhoun who weighed 601 pounds or so they claimed. But I, in, read, in reading about it, a lot of these guys are not near as big as they say they are and everything, but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, I'm getting all my sleep today, so uh so I'll be ready to watch that game tomorrow night and everything. And so uh, y'all have a good week, kids. And I'll be talking to you next week, win or lose. Thank you very much for the call, Carolina. All right, Carolina touched on a few different things there. One of them was Tyson Fury. 
Um, Tyson, supposedly, there are some reports out right now that say Tyson Fury was injured during sparring. And he's supposed to f- rematch Deontay Wilder next week. I'm sorry, next month in Vegas. Some are saying that's going to have to be postponed now. I haven't seen that it's official or anything like that. But I think they're saying maybe post- postponed from February until March. So we'll see. Once again, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head back to the buzz line. We have our man Tyler is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Tyler? I'm doing great, Kelly. How are you all? I'm doing pretty good. Doing very well. We appreciate your call. Uh, No problem. First off, shout out to Doug Wolverton. Sure. Um, Second, no one cares that Clemson beat North Carolina. It's simple as that. No one cares. Uh, North Carolina garbage ACC is mediocre. Um, I could, though, see Carolina sitting in his lounge chair in his living room drinking a Diet Pepsi, watching wrestling all night. I might have to go join him one day. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, let's get to what's important here. Kentucky basketball, they're figuring it out. Kelly, they're figuring out they sucked early in the season. They lost, you know, Evansville, whoever, Ohio State, uh, Utah. But then it's always that one game that comes around every December, the Louisville Cardinals, and they just figure it out from there. Every season, that's like the turning point, and it has been. The three balls back, quickly figured out how to play basketball. This team has the best guards in the nation between Hagens, Quickly, and Maxey. Absolutely. Okay. I, I agree 100%. And, and you know, quickly coming around and shooting these crazy numbers from three, um, I, I knew he was uh, advanced from last year, but, man, this is way more than I expected out of him. And uh, he, he's on fire. Let's hope he keeps that going the rest of the year. Uh, oh, for sure. And you, we all know guards win championships along with defensive play, and Kentucky has both of those, and they're just improving every game. Um I just really think they got a good run. Louisville still sucks. Um, NBA and Lamar, NFL and Lamar. It was a good game last night. King turnover stepped up as usual, just like the Kentucky college days. Lamar just can't win big games, Kelly. And I'm sick and tired of the Louisville media and the Louisville fans that are all, we got millions of Ravens fans here now all of a sudden. Uh-oh, we're jumping ship. We're going to watch more one player in the NFL. Kentucky's got 150 players in the NBA. We're not jumping ship for our team. We don't care. Support your player, but you don't have to give him blowjobs. Thank you all. <laughs> wow. Wow. Thunder. Okay. No, it's good. That's good, Brandon. Okay. I'm Brandon on. looks to me at certain points and asks, you know, do we need to press the dump button? I don't think we do there. We've got a, our little sign language here. Like, do Yeah. I, do and I, I, do I if I do the finger down, that means to do the dump. Um but no, good call. For, in all seriousness, good call from Tyler. He touched on a few different things. What What are our thoughts on Tyler's call? I agree with it. Uh, the best guards in the uh, NCAA three guard lineup. I How put, valuable is that in college basketball? It is. But I I kind of put Baylor's got some real good guards. They okay. play a three guard set. They've got the best. They've they've won. They've got the best impressive resume so far this year. They've won at Kansas, at Texas Tech. I mean, they've beaten. Uh, they beat, they gave Butler their only loss of the year. Um, they won. They beat Arizona. Okay. So I would Kentucky's got some great guards, but I watched I watched Baylor put it on Kansas at Kansas yesterday, and they got some really good guards also. See now I can already envision Kentucky being matched up with Baylor in the tournament. It seems like every time the brackets come out, Kentucky will be lined up with the one team that could possibly. <clears throat> 
uh, do some damage yeah. on Kentucky. But, you know, um, the thing is, I haven't watched Baylor. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure their stats are good. But there's something about Kentucky's defense uh, at the guard position this year. It's it's just so uh, valuable. Yeah, I touched uh, on it earlier. Cal is a, a underrated coach in my opinion. Rick was too. Uh, they both just get their teams to play really good defense. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're going to always have a ton of block shots, right? Yep, doesn't mean that. What it means is they're going to have a very competitive defense, which is such a huge component to success. It's Really, in, in any team sport, but I mean, in college basketball, that's like a, a, if you got a coach who, who does that, they don't really have off years for their defense. Right. right. Cal doesn't. I yeah. mean, Alabama shoots 33s a game, and they, they average 11 to 12 a game. Kentucky held them to four. They shot 19% from the three-point range because they ran them off the three-point line. Calipari, people don't, uh, people don't give him credit, like you say, for his defense. I mean, every year they're top ten in the country in defense. Yeah, it, that's huge. Oh, absolutely, it is huge. I mean, absolutely huge. There's there's two big things that I look at uh, on the stats for this Kentucky team that I you know they they've had good defensive teams in the past. One is the defense of the guards, but the second thing that we've never seen under Calipari at Kentucky is the free throw shooting. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the the team Blue has to love it. Oh, I, yeah. I cannot believe uh, they are this good. Th- this is what wins you these close games uh, in the tournament. Uh, and if they can keep that up. Now, they had one anomaly, and that was on the road, uh, not this past game, the one before. Georgia. Georgia. 10 out of 20. Yeah, they didn't shoot well that one. But the rest of them, a- as a team, I, they're shooting 80% uh, from free throw line, which is amazing. Yeah, they struggled yesterday a little bit, 11 out of 17, 64%. But they are. They're like number five in the country in three uh, free throw shooting. And I believe quickly is number one or two. I think he's two because Joe Girard for Syracuse is shooting 95%. I think quickly is 93, 92. Oh, that's right. He just missed one. (laughs) Before that, I believe he was close to 95. But, you know, um, those are just free throws. You know, people take that for, uh, you know, for granted. Uh, A lot of the players, you know – they're real sporadic, obviously, at the end yeah. of games. Kentucky's been so solid, man. That can win you a lot of get close games at the end, and uh, I think that's going to be a big part of why Kentucky is going to go far in this uh, upcoming tournament. Difficult to disagree with that. Okay, a couple things. So the Weekend Sports Buzz Facebook group was created by our man Brandon Bishop. Shout out to Brandon Bishop. I didn't, I didn't know that it was going to pick up and have such momentum that it really does. What are some of the highlights from the last week in that group, Brandon Bishop? First off, I can't believe you were so skeptical. <laughs> I, I just didn't know that it was going to pick up that way. We, I just made a post earlier trying to get people to call in, and I said, would you be open to trying to tackle Derrick Henry? Uh, Jacob Pierce responded with a nice response, said, I'd rather, atta- I'd rather attempt to tackle a Honda Civic than to try and tackle Henry. <laughs> Difficult to argue with. I mean, Henry is huge. Huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Him and Trump are both 6'3", 238. <laughs> <laughs> so, naturally, they are compared to each other a lot. Very athletic. I think Trump is a little more than 238, but that's Do my you? opinion. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, in all seriousness, <laughs> Henry is six foot three. okay? During the break earlier, we talked about, I guess that's about as tall as you can be to be a real successful NFL running back. 
We mentioned Eddie George. We mentioned uh, how tall was Jim Brown? Not quite that tall. Adrian Peterson was six one. Uh, Michael Bush was six four, and he had some success with the Bears. Yeah, I, yeah, in the NFL, not really, not a yeah. not a ton. He, he played. He was hurt a lot. Um, there was a guy named Chris Brown who split carries with with Chris Johnson. I think his yeah. name was Chris Brown, but he was like six four. Yeah. Um, I say I say Jim Brown was six two. Okay, let's see here, six two. Good call. We're okay. talking about running backs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brandon Jacobs at six four. Good call. Brandon Jacobs yeah. also split yeah. split carries as a part of a very potent uh, running back combo with Tiki Barber for the Giants. Well, Alabama's had some great running backs, haven't they? Okay, yeah. James Devlin. Okay, six three. Okay. Eric Dickerson. Dickerson is one that we yeah. talked about as six three. Yeah. Eddie George. Eddie George, we mentioned. Uh, Bronco Nagasur. Okay. I don't know him at all. So there's plenty of tall ones, but as yeah. far as having what I mean is that next level. It really right now it looks like this. Henry, Dickerson, and Eddie George mm-hmm. at that level. Am I wrong? No. That's good. Now Jim Brown was six two, so I guess we can't leave him off. He's arbi- arguably maybe the best running back ever. Yep. Um so it's just not common. Derrick Henry is a beast of a human. Okay, another highlight. <laughs> From the past week in the weekend sports buzz group would be, let's not forget, Mike Leach just got a new head coaching job. Shout out to Mike Leach. At one time was an assistant on the Kentucky staff. Under how mommy, yeah. Uh, in the air raid offense. Yep. And the first thing that popped to my mind was we have our man here, Brandon Bishop, as Mike Leach left Washington State from Mississippi State. Headed to the SEC, Brandon posted that headlining article. I commented in the the comments, and I said, Brandon, are you familiar with this guy? Have you seen his interviews? Brandon, you said no. (laughs) No, but I'm going to look him up. And and we then posted some of the highlights. What are your (laughs) thoughts of Mike Leach's interviews, Brandon? (laughs) I watched the Fat Little Girlfriend's interview. Give a recap of that to our <laughs> listeners who may not know. His team lost. I think he was at Texas Tech at the time. He was just as pissed off as could be. Yeah. They said, what's the deal? Why Why did you guys lose? What happened? You know, what, He was in his press conference afterward, and yeah. he said... They're, they're paying a little too much attention they to their be- Fat Little Girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> he said, my team, my team, the players, are not listening to me. For some reason, they're listening to their fat girlfriends. Tell them they're great. Telling them they're great. <laughs> telling them what they want to hear. Well, that's not what they need to hear. What they need to hear is they need to listen to me. And he reiterated it like three times that all the players have fat girlfriends. Okay? So that was a highlight. There was another one. That was a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> Difficult to top that. But also, the one time, I think it was while he was at... at um, Washington State, the, the interviewer said, hey, man, I'm getting married next week. Do you have any advice for me? Uh-oh. Have you seen these? No, I don't think you I've You need to that. YouTube search these. If you yeah. have not watched Mike Leach's interviews, they are amazing. Famously locked. Uh, Famously locked what's-his-name son into the closet. For the whole practice. Yeah, Brandon's probably not familiar with that. He was fired from his job at Texas Tech, I think. Yes. For um, one of the star receivers, a famous commentator's son. <laughs> Went and played there, and as part of, like, hazing or something, he didn't do good in practice, so Mike Leach locked him in a hot closet, what, for hours? Yeah, the whole practice. (laughs) Yeah, locked him in there, like, you suck, 
You don't get to practice. We're locking you in the closet, okay? <laughs> and then he was fired, okay? So he's a little bit of a nut job, but he keeps getting jobs. And, and I look forward to more content, okay? So the, the interviewer said, I'm getting married next week, Mike. You seem like a wise person. You've been married for however many years. What's your advice to me? And he, at first, Mike Leach said, oh, God, next week? <sighs> I guess it's too late to back out because first and foremost, you should back out. You don't need to get married. And then he went on to say, man, it's going to be this. It's going to be this. Your wife's going to say, well, we need to get these invitations. What do you think? What color invitations should we get for the wedding? And you're going to say, I don't care. And she's going to say, I want you to care. I want you to be a part of this. And he's going to go, okay, let's go with the tan invitations. And then the wife's going to, or the fiance is going to say, now you're just saying that to to end the conversation. <laughs> and that's a preview of what you have to deal with the rest then, of your life. Yeah, just he went on and on about how much basically marriage is going to suck in the whole and then your your sister-in-law is going to say, "You know, I just don't think that he cares about this as much as he should." And and I don't think that he even cares and and then you're going to say, "Okay, I care. What do I need to do?" And you're going to show up and you're going to do what they ask you to do. And then the bride's mother is going to criticize you. And you're going to do that. He just went. It's going to break you down. He just went on and on. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is when, uh, can you imagine the egg bowl between him and Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss? Okay. Like he said, they asked him about Ole Miss. He said, uh, you know, he said he looks forward to playing them. He said he likes he likes playing against bad coaches. Is that what he <laughs> oh, said? Oh, yeah. man. He said that already? Oh, yeah. His press, his press conference Friday. We need to just follow Mike Leach for every single press conference ever. Yeah. So he took shots at Lane Kiffin yeah. already. I love it. And I don't understand. I mean, I don't know if it's a great hire for Mississippi State. It's a great hire as far as like sound bites, sound bites, and everything like. Well, that. that's all I care about. But the Pac-12 is terrible. Okay, he was eight games over five hundred. The Pac-12. Okay, granted, they have the top ten offense every year. He that's was there. his style. That's his style. He'll put butts in seats. Yeah, he will. But it's it's a hard it's hard to play in the SEC. Lane Kiffin. Against Mike Leach, that didn't even hit me till just now. That's the rivalry now. I love it. I'm yeah. tuned in. Yeah. I love it. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. We would love to hear from you. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have caller Kevin is on the line with us. What do you have for us this morning, Kevin? Hi, Dugan. It's uh Kevin Halt from uh, Gracie. Great, Kevin. I get to train with Kevin. I'll probably see him today at noon. Kevin, I know you're a, a fan of all things in the world of sports. What do you have for us this morning, Kevin? Yeah, so uh, I, you're breaking up a little bit, but I think uh, I think I can um, help to answer some questions. It sounds like I might get a little off topic from the marriage discussion. That's okay. That's okay. I made a post in the in the the Weekend Sports Buzz Facebook group and I asked a couple questions. I asked uh, is Archie Miller on the hot seat? I also asked would you be open to attempting to tackle Derrick Henry? What do you have for us, Kevin? Uh, what, what what's up? Yeah, to answer the second question, I think that's kind of like uh do you want to take a punch from Mike Tyson? Yes. So I think the short answer would be no. Okay. Uh, I think I think he had over twelve thousand rushing yards in in high school, so uh, he would just probably bowl right through me. Okay. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl, Kevin? Uh, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be. 
I think it's going to be the Titans versus the Packers, and I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick the Titans. Wow. Okay. Um, while we have you on the line, Kevin, who's going to win the NBA NBA Finals this year? NBA Finals. I'm going to pick. I got the. Uh, I'm going to pick the Lakers. I think. I don't think the Clippers have established any continuity yet with their team, especially with the uh, people sitting out and uh, whatnot. And their opponent, I'm going to have to go with the Bucks. The Bucks, yeah. Okay. Well, Kevin, we appreciate your call. Thank you so much for, for responding to the, the wonderful Weekend Sports Buzz Facebook group that our man Brandon Bishop has created for us. Kevin, before we let you go, anything else in the world of sports you want to chime in on this morning? Mm, you know, I don't have anything yet, but hopefully um, hopefully, I can just become a regular caller and maybe give my little tidbits on Sunday. I would love it, Kevin. Thank you very much for the call. Have a great rest of your weekend. I'll see you here soon. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Brandon, I love it. Good work with the Weekend Sports Buzz group, right? Oh, thank you very much. I'm patting myself on the back. It's good. That was a very good call. Great call. I love it, Kevin. Thank you for for listening and giving us a call. Kevin knows he follows everything in the world of sports. He's a Kentucky basketball fan. And you know what? His picks were exactly what I had picked. You would say the Lakers over the Bucks in the finals? Yep. That's who I've got. And uh, I've got the Titans winning as well. So, um, What a story will it be if Ryan Tannehill leads the Titans to the Super Bowl? It's crazy. Right? I mean, he's been on quite a few teams since he's been in the league, right? I mean... Um, and he's I been Jaguars and then now here, I, I believe. But, I mean, he, he had a lot of hype at the beginning and then kind of it, it, the, 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 the flame for him and the expectations really were lowered. But he's just come in with Mariota being hurt, and he's just really shining. Very, it it yep. doesn't hurt that you have Derek Henry, Henry yeah. to hand the ball to and a good offensive line. I mean, let's not um, ignore... He's in a good situation. I mean, there's Brad Johnson, there's Trent Dilfer. We have guys like that historically who have who've been at the right situation at the right time and have just they they, they know what to do. Hand the ball to Derrick Henry. Good luck to anyone tackling him. Yeah, tell you what, Mariota's career has kind of fallen off, hasn't it? Former Heisman Trophy winner, and he just he can't he can't stay healthy for nothing. He can't stay healthy, and and he, he really. Um, he doesn't have a job, and I mean, he's not the starting job, not the starting quarterback anymore. Nope. Nope. It, it, you know what I like about this team? Vrabel is, of course, the coach. I don't know if we credit that to a Belichick tree. He played for, I believe, eight years with the Patriots, seven, eight years, won some Super Bowls with the Patriots, and then he was an assistant, I think, at Ohio State and Kansas this and City. that. Yeah, he was a coach at different places. Yeah. But Vrabel and this team just have a really – Nice identity right now and such momentum. If I'm looking at the box score from yesterday's game, what was it? Tannehill only threw the ball how many times, Gary? 14 times. Okay. Seven That's out of crazy. 14. Teddy yeah. threw it like 60 times. Lamar? I'm sorry, not not yeah, not yeah. not not Teddy, Lamar. Yeah. Lamar threw it 60 times. And uh, they just did what they need to do. Is Derrick Henry the hardest guy to tackle? All right, so if we were to make a, a, a list of guys in the history of the NFL who are very difficult to tackle, 
who you would least like to tackle ever. I would put guys like Jamal Lewis, maybe Corey Dillon on the list. Maybe Jerome Bettis. He was a little more finesse, even though he was big. But I mean guys who just, you want to tackle me? I'm running through you. I'd say Corey Dillon and Jamal Lewis and Derrick Henry are on that list. Am I leaving anyone else off? No, no, not at all. You know what I would... Uh, I think how good has Earl Thomas been in his career? Great. He had he didn't want anything to do with tackling. Der- Did uh, you Derek see Henry some yesterday. of those clips? Yeah. You, you know he got a sack yesterday, right? Uh, Earl Thomas. You know that was his first sack in the NFL. Wow. And he has been good. Oh, wow, very I good. Didn't know. Won a Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah um, they they uh, they they mentioned that yesterday during the game, and uh, I thought it was odd. Another thing that was odd is Lamar. They went for it all year on fourth down. They was 0 for 4 on fourth down conversions, and they had fourth and maybe a yard twice, and both times he got stopped. It just it just wasn't their day. I don't know if they was rusty or what. Well, I mean, he's 2-0 and in the playoffs. He's like 23 years old. 0-2? Oh, I'm sorry, 0-2. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Not 2-0. Uh, 0-2. Oh. Oh Five okay. turnovers. Not like the end seen. of the world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His stats yeah. thus far in the crunch time are not really that good. But he's the NFL MVP. Oh, he yeah. won the Heisman. Absolutely. I mean, the verdict is still out on, on Lamar Jackson as an NFL player. Still, yeah. in my opinion. And, and even if he quit, and he was a somewhat of a flash in the plan, pan, yeah. which I don't even think you could say that, he's already achieved, like what, I guess, the comparable would be Derrick Rose. We had one year where he was real good, yeah, won yeah. an MVP, yep. and then maybe dropped off. But we don't even yeah. know that he's going to drop off. He's still healthy. Yeah, I think I think they was hurt yesterday by Mark Ingram being hurt. He had okay. strained. He, I think Lamar accounted for 508 of their 530 yards of offense. The other 22 is uh, Mark Henry had six carries for 22 yards. <laughs> so they didn't get anything from anyone else. Yeah, Mark Ingram did. Mark Ingram, yeah. yeah. Um, let's not forget. Derrick Henry not only rushed the ball for 195 yards yesterday, he also threw for a touchdown. First time a running back has thrown for a touchdown in the playoffs since 1987. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Do you know who did it? That's a very cool stat. Do you know who did it in 87? You? No, I don't. (laughs) I I don't even have a guess. (laughs) I don't either. Walter Payton? Al Bundy. I'll Walter. guess Walter Payton. You think so? I don't know. I think he. I do think he threw some passes. Uh, just got a text in from our man Mo, uh-huh. a longtime friend of the show. Yep. Mo said his nominees for guys who you would least like to tackle in football would be Marshawn Lynch, yeah, and Adrian Peterson. Yeah, difficult to argue with either of those. Yep. But Lynch, real physical. Peterson could be physical or finesse. He's fast. Yeah. Yeah. Super fast. Still playing too. Still playing. Yeah. Redskins. Yep. And you know what about Marshawn Lynch? I just seen uh, Pete Carroll just come out today and said he's going to get the ball more today than he has been getting it. Okay. So you can look, which I think uh, Kansas City had eight inches of snow yesterday, five to eight inches of snow. So it's supposed to be wet. So yeah, it, there's. I don't think the spread offense for Kansas City is going to be too effective today. I wouldn't think. Games today are Texans and Chiefs. Chiefs are favored to win by ten points. That's a lot of points. Wow. That's it's a, a lot of points. Yeah. For playoff, heck yeah. Okay. That's at 3.05 p.m. on CBS. And then we have the Seahawks and the Packers at 6.40 p.m. On, on Fox. Green Bay is favored to win by four. It didn't sound to me like Marcus was a big fan of Green Bay and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers in particular, did it? 
Yeah. Did you see the interview with uh, Aaron Rodgers the other day when they asked him about Mike McCarthy getting a Dallas job? No. What did he say? He said, oh, yeah, I guess he'll be all right. We had a whole lot of success when we played down in Dallas, so he should be fine. So there's something there between them guys. Like they just don't care for each other at all. You know what's interesting about Aaron Rodgers is he doesn't get along with his family. No, he don't. Yeah, okay, and I'm not saying, I don't know the details there. I'm fortunate I get along with my family. Yeah. I don't know, but Aaron Rodgers has some, some, uh, you know, relationship stuff going on in his life. Now, as far as I know, his family may be money-hungry and, and not good people. Right. If that's the case, then by all means, cut them off and don't be, you know. I think if you do have a bad family around you, you shouldn't just, like, continually yeah. say, they're great, and and maybe give them money or do do anything crazy like that. But yeah. wasn't his brother on The Bachelor? Jordan Rogers, I think he was. Okay, yeah. Now he's like SEC commentator. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think I believe he was. Um, not that I watch that show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not that I watch that show or anything. Good let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about something else. You know, I do agree with uh, Marcus earlier call. Okay, when he said he feels like Aaron Rodgers just throws the ball up, hoping somebody on his team catches it. Okay. I do agree with that. Because sometimes he just slings it. Like, I mean, there's no way he knows where that ball is going. But, I don't know. It just, you would think him not getting along with his family, him not getting along with certain coaches, sometimes it, maybe it's not everybody else's issue, it's your issue. Yeah, maybe. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Brandon, anything else from the the Weekend Sports Buzz Facebook group that we're leaving out? You just posted a nice picture of Andre the Giant holding a, a Coke can. Yeah. can Well, it's actually a can of beer. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. A can but, of beer. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it looks tiny in his hand. It's kind of crazy. They said he drank 105 beers in one seating, and he passed out in the hotel lobby, and they couldn't move him, so they threw a piano cover over top of him. <laughs> to cover him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam Ferguson commented on that. <laughs> Sam Ferguson is a, a black belt at a Lexington police officer. Mm-hmm. Black belt, former MMA fighter, real tough guy. But he said, Andre the Giant has the best stories ever. Mm-hmm. Difficult to argue with that. I mean, that you just told. Um, I remember I watched that documentary, and at one time, Jake the Snake Roberts, who is an interesting guy to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's had his struggles with addiction and all that which so many of those wrestlers have. But Jake the Snake Roberts was supposedly one of Andre the Giant's closest friends throughout his entire life, or, or at least when he started wrestling and then till his death. But he went into details about just how bad his farts smelled. <laughs> yeah. And I believe it. They said he couldn't use the regular bathroom. He had to use the bathroom in the shower. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he. they said he was like one of the biggest jokesters around. Was he? Yeah, they said that he would use the bathroom on the bed and ask that whoever was staying with him and come in here and say, hey, you smell that? <laughs> Speaking of... Chris doesn't seem... In, would that be a good joke if someone played that on you, Chris? <laughs> that's, that's insane. <laughs> Speaking of jokesters, uh-huh. Gary, what what jokester story from the last uh, week have we heard about in oh, the world yeah, of professional we, sports? We've seen, <laughs> we seen where uh, Romeo Langford went to Chipotle. And Marcus Smart pranked him with a $4,500 bill that, that he, he tried to charge his tab. And he said, I mean, you know, they got it on video where Romeo's like, I don't, you know, that's not my budget. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, he said he ordered 200 burritos and something else. But you hear that a lot, rookie, you know, almost like rookie hazing. Yep. In the uh, NBA. I seen one, they was on a, they was on a jet the other day. Uh, I think it was Philadelphia. And their rookie brought on uh, Popeye's and Chick-fil-A. And they didn't get any Popeye's fries and he got like six biscuits. They said, what do you mean six biscuits? He said, don't ask for any biscuits <laughs> or something like that. So they supposedly they made him go back out and get them. It's <laughs> crazy. Athletes playing jokes on each other is nothing new. No. Uh, one of the stories that comes to mind is Gilbert Arenas, Javaris Crittenden. They play jokes on each other. Have you heard about this, Brandon? You no. could Google it. <laughs> NBA players in the locker room, their idea of jokes was, one of them was this. Oh, look, oh, whoops, went number two into your shoe. <laughs> they would do that to each other. But then also, like, they'd bring loaded guns in and ha, 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 point guns at each other. I think Jarvis Crittenden's in prison right now. <laughs> For that? For a gun charge. Okay. Yeah. Let me look at uh Safe to say he was all about the joking then. If he's actually in prison because of it, right? That was a good one, right? <laughs> he got him. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's a good, good one. one. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm willing to go to prison for this. Yeah. Uh, but I also, you know, Gilbert Arenas was an interesting case because he had an up. He had a, a real peak in the NBA and then kind of died off. Um, yeah. Ended up playing, I think, overseas some. But he was so good for a minute for the Wizards. Here's- Agent Zero. April 29, 2015, Jarvis Crittenden pleads guilty to manslaughter against 23 years. So that, okay, he must have been <laughs> he really... He was a little bit serious with his gun. What, yeah, what must have been not all the joke. Maybe that was a practical joke, too. I don't know. Yeah. Right? Could have been. Apparently, everyone has different versions of what a practical joke is. Andre the Giant thought that using the restroom in his bed and then making someone clean it up was a good one. Um, just got a text in. From our man Mo again said wasn't um, Andre in a movie? Yeah, he was in the Andre the Giant was in the Princess Bride movie. Also, yeah. Mo corrected. He said Javaris Crittenden was uh, found guilty of a drive-by shooting where he killed a mother of five. Oh my goodness! Well, that's yeah. not funny. Yeah. That's not funny. I hope he wasn't doing that as a joke. In Atlanta, that's not yeah. funny at all. That's not funny at all. Um, okay, so practical jokes within the world of. Professional athletes is nothing new. Any others that, that uh, are, are worth mentioning that people do to each other? Mm. Man. I remember the Steiner brothers. Okay. They said they used to bully people. They used to duct tape rookie wrestlers to a pole and throw stuff, <laughs> throw stuff at them. I'm like, who, who would think to duct tape people at <clears throat> the polls, anyway. The Hazing's mo- crazy. I played is. a little bit of, ba- just a little bit of, like, freshman and sophomore year basketball in high school. And we'd go to Transylvania basketball camp. And, like, the seniors and stuff would uh, just start banging on your door in the middle of the night. <laughs> You're in your dorm at Transylvania. You'd open the door, and then just a garbage can entirely filled with urine would dump into your room. Ugh. Yeah, that's... Huh? Is that a good one? <laughs> I don't, maybe I don't get it. Wouldn't so good for me. I've seen a bunch of videos in the NBA where they'll like shrink wrap their car shut. Yeah, that could be funny. And, yeah. and we, put, did, we did that to somebody at work. I think, okay, did you? Oh. Saran so wrap like five boxes. And then you have to record them 
where they're confused. Well, that, this, this, I've seen a couple of those where they come out and it takes them a minute to realize uh-huh. they're being pranked. They're like, "What happened to my car?" It's a disaster. <laughs> and it's, it's before. I mean, it's been years before cell phone cameras and all other stuff. But I mean, it took us a good fifteen minutes to. And they go out after work, thinking they're going to leave real quick. <laughs> but that's just cute I, stuff. I had a couple roommates when I was younger, and we would go in and turn the cold water off so when you get in the shower it's just scolding hot water (laughs) (laughs) gotcha (laughs) Um, as you're driving them to the hospital yeah gotcha (laughs) Uh, also i've heard of people who do the saran wrap thing and then wait out trying to record the people coming out to see it and i remember one guy had he was like i waited out there for three hours for you to come out (laughs) they're that all in on the joke that they're just gonna wait there with the camera until you come out. Like, they have nothing else going on that day other than to try to pull off a joke. You should do it, like, in July when it's 95 and everything melts. Oh, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a disaster. You know, oh, you know, before I forget, we talked on, during the break on uh, on uh, Kyle Shanahan maybe taking his team to the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah. How do you think Steve Driver feels watching Kyle Shanahan, their former offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns, who they fired in 2015 because he – he told the ownership that he didn't think Johnny Manziel was ready to be a quarterback. Again. If that's really the reason that they fired him, that's insane. Yeah. Because obviously Johnny Manziel was not ready. Was Literally. not ready, nor will he ever no. be ready to be no. an NFL quarterback. You've got to be disciplined and like a real nut job about your craft to be a good NFL quarterback. Yeah, just like I don't think Baker Mayfield was ready to be an NFL quarterback. Okay. I mean, they, I mean he's, he's struggled too. Sometimes I mean you go to you go to a struggling franchise and they force you into a role. I mean Tim Couch. I mean yeah. they ended his career because they didn't he didn't have a line or anything like that. Sometimes you need to go to a team to where you can mature. I mean even Lamar Jackson as good as he is, he had to sit behind Joe Flacco mm. for most of the year. Yeah. I'm with you, man. This is another topic that has been recurring on the Weekend Sports Buzz Facebook group. If you're listening and you're on Facebook, I suggest you find the Weekend Sports Buzz group on Facebook and we'll add you. Either Brandon and I or I will approve you. But I don't think the Bengals should take Joe Burrow. Okay? Bengals need to build a defense, an offensive line, and a defensive line and linebackers and all that before they get some guy with superstar uh, uh, video game numbers to come in and be like, good luck, here's the ball. I think Andy Dalton's not that bad. I've been real hard on Andy Dalton on the show in the past. But, I mean, all in all, you look at his numbers, he's not the problem with the Bengals. No. You know who's looking, who, who's expressing interest in him already? Who? The Patriots. Are they? Yeah. yeah. You think they're dumb? No. No, Andy Dalton's not a bum, the complete bum. Uh, he's not the problem with the Bengals. Joe Burrow is not going to come in and just like, well, glad we drafted him. <clears throat> Special teams matter in the NFL. Defense matters in the NFL. If you were the future number one pick, or, or I'm sorry. The yeah, Bengals? Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, if you're Burrow, uh, would you – I wouldn't want to go there anyway. I, I wouldn't mean, either. Would you speak out like some of the former players uh, in the past that have spoke out about not wanting to go to the Browns or the Bengals – uh, does that somehow tarnish your your stock or something by speaking out against these teams? Like good question, yeah. Eli. Eli. Manning, yep. Yeah, Would I mean, play for the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't s- know that it does. <clears throat> I, I just don't think it's a, a um, 
I, I just don't think it's a, 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 a advantageous situation. You mentioned the Ravens. They're a pretty good team. Yeah. Right? Yeah, defense. I mean, it's really good defense. Yeah, let's look at the, the quarterbacks who have come in and had good success early in their career. Ben Roethlisberger, that was the Steelers. Are you kidding me? Uh, uh, Russell right. Wilson, that was a tough team. that They had a, a great draft that year, so yep. it wasn't just Russell Wilson. Um, I mean, Prescott sat behind Tony Romo. Yep. Uh they got Zach Martin. Mm-hmm. I always tout him, but the offense they Their they line they, is they, great. Pat, they said no thanks. I'll pass on Johnny Manziel. I'll take the mm-hmm. offensive lineman. Um, I think when people get too in love with skill position players in the draft, you're just showing your ignorance. They as get a fan. blinded by fans it. are so dumb when it comes to the NFL. In my opinion, fans are dumb. I mean, look at Miami. They wanted they want to take a quarterback every year. Yeah. And they, they're terrible offensively and defensively on the line. Yeah. You're not going to have somebody come in and be like, well, huh, they've never seen what I'm going to do. No, this is the NFL. Everybody in there, every defensive back in there was all SEC or, you know what I mean? Or yep. something, some substantial accolades in college. So, yeah, this is the best of the best, yep. even on the worst NFL teams. These are really good NFL caliber players. So, good luck doing what you did in college. I mean, look how good Jameis Winston was in college. Okay. And he mm-hmm. set an NFL record this year, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Wow. That is a lot of interceptions. 30 interceptions. Yeah. And his last one he threw this year was for a pick six. His 30th, and uh, it was a record, I think, for interceptions in a season. But yet he's but yet he's a free agent, and he's, he's demanding $30 million a year. It looks like the best draft class had to be 2012, man. If you look at that year – uh, of course, you have Andrew Luck is already out of the game, but man, the quarterbacks that came from that at 2012, it's it's pretty uh, astonishing. Uh, I, th- I think he comes back. I think so too. Uh, you give him a couple years. Um, he was 29 when he retired, looking like he's 39. But yeah. I mean, he didn't have a lot of coverage. Uh, he got abused. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I would want to go to the Bengals, man, <laughs> or, or the Browns, actually. But, um, yeah. I mean, you're going to get paid, and yeah. you know what I mean? People will understand to a degree, I guess, if you don't have the success that, that people are, that want you to. But, I mean, I think look it, at I, Tim Couch. It sounds like I'm playing to the Kentucky fans here. But I honestly believe if Tim Couch had went to a better situation, he could have had a good career. Yeah, the shelf life goes down immediately if you get drafted to those And there's two. a lot of it that's mental. Yeah. You come in and get sacked a bunch. David Carr. Yep, not that's Derek, a good one. Not Derek, but David Carr, his older brother, uh, was drafted to the Texans and and just had a horrible offensive line. And they were like, yeah, we'll take this quarterback number one overall out of Fresno State who put up all these great numbers in college, we don't need to worry about the offensive line. No, that's not how it works. Yeah. Football is the ultimate team sport, I would say. Yeah. Can yes. we think of another sport that has, I mean, special teams, defense, and offense? That's like 33 starters. If I'm not mistaken, I think Tim Couch is the last quarterback that led Cleveland to the playoffs. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. So – so he didn't have that bad of a career. No, no, he, he tore. I mean, he wasn't the biggest, times. the biggest uh, bust ever. Have you seen him lately? No, he's jacked. Is he? All he does is work out and play golf. He says. Yeah, look, I bet he can hit the ball pretty far. Oh, I guarantee. He was a hell of a college, a high school basketball. Thirty-eight player. points a game in high school, senior year of high school. 
Yeah, who was his uh, teammate? What, did he play for Highlands? No, no, that was uh, that was Jared Lorenzen. That was Jared Lorenzen and uh, Derek. That's uh, right. <laughs> Derek <laughs> Smith. Derek Smith and Jared yes. Lorenzen. Yeah. Okay. Tim Couch played for Leslie County. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, Tim Couch was. I mean, I think he started varsity as a seventh grader in mm-hmm. basketball or something crazy like that. Yeah, he. I mean, he threw for what. 15,000 yards in high school. Are Tim Couch and Jared Lorenzen two of the most famous dual sport athletes in the history of Kentucky? In for this a Kentucky era. For a Kentucky fan base perspective. Yes. Anyone else deserves to be mentioned Well, I mean, there? back in the day, what did you have, Cotton Nash? Well, you talk, yeah, you talk, before our time there sure. was. Sure, okay, let's hear about them. Well, you got, like he said, you got Cotton Nash, Wawa Jones. Um, a couple of those guys yeah. played three and four sports. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy to think how you have, would have time Wal- to do that. I think Wawa Jones played three sports. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you had, you had a couple. You don't, you don't see it very much anymore where people play college football, college basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, Charlie Ward was really good at both. You're never going to have call. a Bo yeah. Jackson again right. or a uh, Deion Sanders. Uh, it's so, just. I mean, Jameis Winston, he played football and baseball. Mm-hmm. So Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, but he didn't play. He didn't play as much baseball in college. I think he said. I don't think he played his senior year. Uh huh. So I don't know, but yeah, I mean, it's it. You don't see it a whole lot. It's funny the people we get tuning into the weekend sports bus because I get feedback from a lot of different people. One of them being um, my my um, my stepmother's parents who live in Bardstown. Okay, they're big Kentucky fans. Mm-hmm. So Gary and Chris, you guys being kind of a encyclopedia on everything in the the history of Kentucky. Basketball and football is uh, a, a, a selling point to the show in large part. Obviously, we we jackass around here on the on the air, and that's fun. I enjoy it. Keeps it's a blast, me, man. Keeps me engaged. Yeah. But the substantive talk about the historical stuff with the Kentucky uh, guys and 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 uh, you know guys names like Tim Couch and Jared Lorenz and uh, I mean Kentucky fans will eat that up. Oh yeah, yeah. Tim Couch. He's he's like a legend. For Kentucky, I'd say the football version of a John Wall, right? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think you know. I Except kinda, he's homegrown. Yeah, I kind of think Jerry Lorenzen kind of took over for that, though. He had ten thousand yards passing, seventy six touchdowns, I believe. Um, Obviously, passed away within the last year. Yeah, I think. I, I think as far as like, his, he was more of a larger than life. Sure. Uh, almost like a cartoon character. Brandon, you know who Jerry Lorenzen is? I do not. Super Bowl winning quarterback for the okay, New York Giants. Okay. Hefty lefty, the round mound of touchdown. Uh, the Sultan of Swat, the king of swing. Well, he <laughs> was he was he was three hundred pounds plus as a starting quarterback. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And not only that, he could run like a wider oh, I yeah. mean maybe not a wide receiver. But for how, his size, how the many fastest. times how many times did he get sacked? He got sacked he a few sacked times, plenty, but, a few. But, but but because he would scramble a yeah. lot, you know that's it took inevitable. the whole team to get him down. Yeah, <laughs> but he was so athletic, man. If he could have maybe just somehow managed his diet a little better, or thirty eight years old, he passed away at thirty eight. Okay, wow. But but Brandon, if you get a chance, you could post something a highlight reel of of Jared Lorenzen in the weekend sports buzz Facebook group. Uh, Jared Lorenzen highlight reel of all his athleticism and passes from the quarterback position, yep. in particular, I guess at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But it's absolutely amazing. A left-handed guy. One of the nicknames was he not he hate me like Rod Smart from Western Kentucky. He ate me. Yeah. He ate me. Yeah. So he had all these nicknames that had to do with his 
weight. The but Pillsbury, Jared, Pillsbury throw boy. Pillsbury throw boy. <laughs> uh, but he was a lefty, and he could just yeah. throw the ball. The hefty lefty was yeah. probably his number one nickname, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. That's and, hilarious. And, and that's never happened. I've never known of a big fat quarterback mm-hmm. beside aside from him. Have you guys? No, that's the I only one. I know of one now. Ben, Ro- ben Roethlisberger. Okay, yeah. He's put on a lot of weight since he's been in the league. Yes, and he but, takes shots. And, yeah. But but he's not as fat as Ben no. as Jared no, no, Lorenzo. No, no, no. Jared Lorenzo is a legit fat guy yeah. who could take the, the the snap and just scramble around and get a good pass and, and lead his team to winning. We appreciate yep. everyone tuning in to the weekend sports buzz. We're on the air every Sunday from 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Chris Embry, Gary Love, Brandon Bishop behind the glass. We want to thank... Louisville Combat Academy for their support, 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We will be back next Sunday with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.